Break it down, son. Bring it down, son. So look, uh, real quick before I get to the main topic, and I got the topic from my boy, Be Honest. No Nonsense Show, Rare Sonics Network. Gang, gang, whole lot of gang shit. Um, uh, yeah, I just get my Raiders and my Lakers out of the way real quick. So my Raiders had another statement game against the Chargers, and their defense, like we've seen what the Chargers did against Green Bay. And Green Bay, even with... Uh, you know, some no-name, or I would say household name, um, skill players as far as receivers and, and running backs. Although they got a solid running back core. Like, I like John. I like, I, those cats are solid. But there's just not the typical household receivers, uh, receivers, uh, running backs. You know, Jimmy Graham is, <laughs> they not using him enough. They haven't been, he, Jimmy Graham hasn't been used enough since he was a saint. So just that. You know, that's just what it is. But, um, yeah, they shut down. They shut down Aaron Rodgers. I think I think they scored like 11 points or some shit like that. So coming into this Raider game, you know, they got, they had uh, Mel, not Melvin Ingram. They had Melvin Ingram, but they had, uh, I forgot his first name. Um, damn, I can't think of his name right now. I'll be drawing blanks with names a lot. But basically they had a stellar, they got a stellar pass rush in Ingram and Bosa, and that's what I was afraid of the whole week. Was like, yo, I know Bosa's going, his ass is going to be on Carr's ass. But you know what? I gotta, I'm going to continue to apologize to Carr this whole season, uh, and I might be on his bumper a few times. But I'm going to continue to apologize because are y'all seeing uh, Derek Carr's feet in the pocket? Like the nigga is shuffling, moving them. That's what we've always we want that 2016 Derek Carr back. You know what I mean? And that's what he's shown. Now, Bosa and Ingram got to his ass. Don't get me wrong. You know, and we we protect uh, Carr more than any quarterback is protected in the NFL at this point. Right? Um, but we knew that it was going to be a dogfight between San Diego. Oh, I still call them San Diego. San Diego Chargers and, and my Raiders going into that game. Um God, we got a great running back. We got a great rookie running back, boy. And I tell you, we don't even have a top. We don't even have a top ten receiver. We don't. And he's making it. Uh, he's making it work. He's spreading the rock, you know. So I like. I, I like the outcome. <laughs> yeah, of course we won, but we almost plucked it off by missing that extra point. And from what I from what I've heard, we might get. We, we might be getting rid of that kicker. We don't know. It, it, man, a kicker drop is hard. It's hard. It, a lot of people think it's easy, and a lot of people be shitting on kickers, but, you know, that type of pressure, man, I'm not making no excuse for him because that's the only thing that you have to do is kick the ball through the goddamn goalpost and kick it off. You know, the punters don't even do that, even though that, that might be their secondary, like a punter and a kicker, secondary skills might be punting and kicking field goals you know what i'm saying and you might have a few that used to play quarterback or some shit like that that wasn't as good as a quarterback but overall that's the only thing they got to do is use their goddamn leg and i'm tired of these goddamn kickers quick little rant i'm tired of these goddamn kickers uh getting ran into then all of a sudden they ask they acting skills is terrible getting up holding the groin holding the hamstring feeling on the ankle shut up that shit don't hurt, but you got to do it because if my kicker do it, then I'm going to be I'm gonna be on this side. Um, no, but that was a great game. As far as my guy, Phillip Rivers, man, like I said, for a long time, I hated his whole career because he was a rival. And also, he's just one of those quarterbacks that he's very animated. He turns red all the time. I used to make fun of him. I could always see and I always said these two quarterbacks I could watch lose all the time. Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady. I love when they lose because Tom Brady is the one who holds it. Sometimes he holds it in in a lot, and it's very rare that he'll let it out. You know, when he's frustrated or he's fired up, you know, and you can sometimes confuse the two because he would be on the sideline barking at his receiver or barking at his offensive um, roster in general. Like, yo, we need to step it up, yada, yada, yada. And then sometimes he's just fired up. But you could just tell when it when Brady is just burning in the inside when they lose it. And then don't he doesn't like to get hit at all. Like no, I'm I get no quarterback likes to get hit. But Brady feels like it's a privilege. Uh like like it's like his privilege is bigger than anything. So he stands in that pocket and he's like, You better not touch me. That's how it feels. Phillip Rivers, 
Uh, to me, like I said, he's going to go down as a Hall of Fame quarterback. I feel like he's he's up there. He's up there with me because I I mean his career like and and he's had he had a few he had a few rosters where this was like a great ass Chargers team. You know what I'm saying? Never really had never really had a a top wideout. So I take that back. Like a household name receiver, but he had a Damian though. Definitely had a Damian. At one point, he had a solid defense. Um, and this was probably the best defense, well, best defensive team that he would have played on, but during James' injury, and then, like I said, Ingram just came back a couple of games ago prior to that. Bosa has injury issues. Uh, but those cats, man, that, that, I will tell you this. The Chargers know how to draft a little good. You know, they had three stellar defensive players on the team at one point. You know what I'm saying? Um, but again, we hung in there. And uh, for all y'all Gruden haters, bro, y'all got to just, I, I I don't, I need the apology. Don't even send the apology to Gruden or the Raiders. Send it to me. Because I told y'all, y'all just got to let, like we live in this era. And I think I'm going to save this for another episode because there's a lot of Laker fans that's getting on my nerves. Jamie Mack is one up. Or whatever. I hate. I hate these. Like, I. You know what? I'm. I'm. In my upcoming episodes, I ain't gonna even gonna say it's the next one, but I have to address the Laker culture because it has so. It. And and again, I know we have Laker fans everywhere. You know, shout out to my boy Jarv. Shout out to Manny. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot of Laker fans that's out of towners. You know what I'm saying? That that stay in another state, stay in another city, et cetera, et cetera. Pride and I and it, and it's nothing against them and it's nothing against the Laker fans that we have all over the place because we got it's a gang it, it, nothing but Laker fans in Vegas, I mean majority of them you know what I'm saying but it, obviously because it's close you know what I'm saying we got a lot in Arizona it, they, we everywhere the the Raiders and the and the Laker brand travel well you know what I'm saying just like the Yankees just like Pittsburgh just like the Dallas Cowboys they it travels well. Um but the culture of the Lakers has always been here. But I'm going to get to that, though. I'm going to get to that. Because I'm going to get back to the original topic. Niggas complain too fast. Niggas complain too fast. Don't want to hold on and wait. And Gruden is like, Gruden's still out here making moves. This nigga signing cats that, God damn it. Now, I know he's trying to beef up. And now we have to take advantage of our schedule. And he's trying to stack up. If we possibly make, and I'm saying possibly, but a lot of people is writing us into the playoffs. In the playoff talk, and and I got to shout out a few teams like uh, Tennessee, like the Browns, because they took care of a couple of teams that you know basically just put it like this: they did what they had to do <laughs> to help us out. It was a lot of teams that won on Sunday that helped out the Raiders in a couple of different ways, uh, and we also hold a tiebreaker against the Colts, by the way. So uh, for all my for all my people that don't that well for all my people that do know how the wild card thing works because a lot of people saying that KC is going to still run off with the division and I can agree with that because they're still the best team in our division but they just lost you know what I'm saying so and that they're only a game a game and a half really because they do hold the tie well they don't they hold the tie well well yeah they beat us you know what I'm saying because we haven't played the second time. Um and that's going to be a dog. I think we played them like three weeks. But prior to that, you know, I mean, before that, we got the Jets and we got the Bengals. So we should be able to win those games. It's not a shoe win because any given Sunday. Shout out to my boy, Manny. Um, but, yeah, y'all need to send those apologies my way. Gruden, let shit cook. Let shit cook. I'm going to get to my Lakers in a minute. But, yeah, I'm very proud of them. Um, very, very proud of them. I'm so happy, man. That, that, was, a, that was an awesome game. <clears throat> Cars stepped up. Let a game-winning drive capped off by our running back, Mr. Jacobs. You know, oh my Eric Harris, bro. Like, come on, man. These they, we need a cat like that that can go find the ball. Now, our other two say the, the rookie Abram. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my other guy, uh, I forgot he just got hurt too. You know, we got hitters, and that's been a Raiders culture. We hit, you know, illegally hit. You know, from time to time, um, but then you can see the culture changing. And Eric Harris, man, like hats off to him, bro. I had to, I followed him on Twitter. I said, "Thank you, bro. Thank you." <laughs> you know, what I'm saying he should have had about three or four interceptions. 
<laughs> but they called one of them back, but he definitely had two, one to the crib. And um, I knew that was going to be a dog fight, but th- th- those are one of those statement games, just like the Green Bay was a statement game. Um, yeah, statement games, man. You got to win. You got to win some of these games. You got to win some of these games, especially that was a divisional uh a divisional game right there. So, moving on to my Lakers. We started off the week with Chicago. Um, for some reason, I felt like we were going to we were going to lose that game. I'm gonna be real with you. I thought we were going to lose that game. Talent wise, no, I don't think they match up with us. It's a lot of teams in the league though that that don't match up with us. But yo, basketball and football is a sport, man. Is who wants it the most. You know what I'm saying? Talent can only go so far unless you're able to expand your talent throughout four quarters. Yo, that shit is difficult, man. That's why superstars are set apart from regular cats, from role players. You know what I'm saying? From the second and third options, your superstar is set aside because he's that special. And I feel like Chicago, they got some key role players, some some dope ones. You know what I'm saying? Um... And them cats are going to play hard. And they got a chance to be something in the East if they can if they can stay consistent. I think it's just being consistent. Now, I don't watch a lot of any Chicago Bulls games anymore. I actually stopped watching a lot of their games prior to them getting Derrick Rose. Other than that, I was watching all kind of Chicago shit. <laughs> I was watching all kind of Chicago Bulls shit. Now, back in the day, we didn't have the technology to watch some of those games. Um, some of those uh, home games and et cetera, et cetera. So we had to had to wait for some of the primetime games. So nine times out of ten, I was watching maybe a, a Chicago, maybe about two or three Chicago games a month. And everybody know we was watching the Sunday matchups. Um, of course, when they play the Lakers, of course, when they play the Clippers and any other team near us on the West Coast, and we had that type of plug, then we was watching it. We had to tune in and watch. I, for me, it was it was more of tuning in to watch my guy Scotty more than it was to watch Jordan. But I'm no fool. I'm going to watch Jordan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so I gave up on watching them for a while. Then when Derrick Rose came into the picture, um, they started to grab some more attention, and I started to watch a little bit more. Um and yeah, I mean, after that, it wasn't really, you know, after Derrick Rose got hurt, it wasn't too much to watch after that. Uh, this squad right here, they got some pieces. Some of them pieces I've been watching since the summer league, since their uh, rookie years and stuff like that. And they still got some of those cats. I just felt like when you are the Lakers, you have a target on your back. And what is that target? That's the brand in general. That brand comes with annoying fans. It comes with a legacy. It comes with a championship stench. It comes with uh, a, a, a a bougie entitlement, like all kind of shit. As a Laker fan, that's what he, we embody. Now, there's some Laker fans that get on my fucking nerves, but like I said, that might be in a later episode. But at the same time, that's how other people view. I mean, that's how I think. I, I think personally, that's how people view L.A. in general. We just different. You know what I'm saying? Just like New York is different, Chicago is different, Miami is different. You know the. Houston is different. All these cities are different with different cultures. Our cultures is winning. So even when we lose, we feel like we the shit. And so it doesn't matter if we're on a win streak or not. Like we could have been one in seven going into Chicago. They like, look, we about to slap y'all niggas around too. We're not about to be the team that y'all beat to start to, to start a winning streak. So because we started off I mean, we, of course, we lost our first game, but after that, we took off. Nice little win streak. Chicago, not a, Chicago don't care. They got some nice pieces over there. And I just felt like they was going to come out and play. Now, we only beat them by six. I think it was like 118 to 112, you know, um, and we handled that. We handled that. And I think one of our biggest, what I'm seeing a pattern of is the third quarter. But it's one pattern that I don't like, and that's being down early. You know what I'm saying? Once we go down, we like to play around, go down by 15, 20 points, and then make this dramatic comeback, which I'm about to get to. And I'm tired of the Hollywood endings. We need to start putting some teams away. Um, Moving on to Miami, 
I felt like that was going to be a tough game. I felt like we were going to lose the Chicago game, and I felt like the Miami one was going to be just a tough game. We ended up beating them by 15. Now, that 15 kicked in late in the game. You know what I'm saying? That's when Miami, it's like Miami came in swinging. Wham, wham, wham. You know what I'm saying? For almost two to like three and a half quarters, they were just swinging. Fourth quarter come around, and we just took off. We took off. You know what I'm saying? Um, and now they was missing a player, <laughs> which I wouldn't get to. Matter of fact, let me get to that. So uh, shout out to us going two and one last week. Uh, we lost to the Raptors. Now that game we lost, I feel like that's how we was going to lose to Chicago. So now you see where I'm coming from. Like again, Toronto is another team just like Chicago. They got great pieces, especially you know Pascal Siakam. He he went and and he, and I thought he was going back down because to me he seems like sometimes he's a little timid on taking that next step, but he for sure and you know we lost by like I think like nine or something like that right. We came as close as uh, when we was down. We came as close as being down by like four, and I remember Kuz missed two wide open three pointers. You know we had a lot of help from Troy Daniels that game. Uh, all our guards were playing decent. Caruso didn't have a great shooting night, but I think it was more so on. Uh, I needed, I needed. Bron made the right plays and he was aggressive at the same time. So I can't really get on him like that. It was more so on the defense. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It was more so on the defense than on the offensive side. I can't really complain. Like Kuz, again, it's not an excuse. He's still finding his way back into the game. He should have knocked down some of those shots, but at the same time, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Still a little rusty. Uh, all right. You know, somebody, some people going to buy it. Not everybody going to buy it, but we're going to give you that pass. It was more so on the defensive end because Hollis Jefferson only scored 10 points. Hollis Jefferson is not supposed to be scoring 10 points. Not saying that. He's a professional athlete that can play in this game, and he could very well average about 15 points a game if he had the time and – I would say the time and the responsibility. His responsibility is not to average 15 points a game. His responsibility is be on that Draymond shit. And he was definitely on that Draymond shit that game. Nobody, seemed like nobody wanted to stick uh, Pascal, Siakam. Nobody wanted to lock, lock in on him. And that was the issue right there. Should have locked in on him. Vleet. I can't even say that nigga name. Y'all know, know who I'm talking about. Van Horn. Vleet Van Veget. Whatever. That nigga, the the Diet Drake lookalike nigga. Um Van Vliet is he's solid. He's a he's a grimy little guard. Uh I take my hat off to him. I take my hat but we we gotta somehow lock that not lock it up, but we have to play better defense on that. Our transition defense was trash. I think Vogel spoke on it. We gave up a lot of bread. On them transition defense. And yeah, I, I will say this. That low management is about to kick in. And I'm about to get that's my main topic of today's um show. But before I get to that, <sighs> Deion Waiters. Um oh wait, wait, wait. College football. Shout out to LSU for beating Bama. Uh I wish the whole thing would have ended in the tie. That would have just pissed off both organizations, but I probably hate Bama more than I dislike LSU. So shout out to LSU for for, for doing that. Um, Deion Waiters took apparently too many edibles, passed out on the plane. They woke him up. He had a seizure. I'm not sure if the edibles had anything to do with the seizures. That's more of a medical condition. Um... I don't know. I don't know. All I do know, <laughs> what I do know is a lot of cats been calling me. It's it's a running joke that I was the one who gave him the sour belts. But from what I heard what was reported was some gummy. So I don't do gummy bears because they don't have enough milligrams in them. I wouldn't. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I'm just saying I've never had any gummy bears. I've only had sour belts and um some other shit. But so first of all. It wasn't a joke when we first found out. Well, I ain't going to lie to you. It was a joke when we first found out because we had already found out that he was okay. 
But I don't want to hear about him having a seizure and people making fun of that. That's not fun at all. You know what I'm saying? People having seizures, that's 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 dangerous, you know. Um But as far as passing out with the um with the gummies, like, yo, I, I told people it was only two things. Either he didn't know, like misinformed, or he was doing too much. And there's no excuse for a cast not to be informed about this. I, anybody surprised that Deion Waiters has gotten high? I'm pretty sure he has gotten high before. And with the legal, you know, with shit being legalized in certain areas and things like that, Players are going to take advantage of that all the time. You come to L.A., they're going straight to the dispensary, pop their IDs, pop that shit on the plane. It's not like they drug testing all the time. You know what I'm saying? So this nigga, I don't know. I mean, he could be a lightweight. It's, it's so many things that you could <laughs> that could have happened. You know, he could be a lightweight. Uh, he could have been. I don't know. He could be fine. He'd be trying to get kicked off the team, you know, trying to start. I don't know, man. All I know is you got to be careful with these gummies, man. You got to be careful with the gummies. And I don't know why you would, you know, I, I don't know. Adam Silver came out and said, this is why the shit should be legalized. I'm not sure where that came from. Unless he's just saying, you know, you don't want cats to be suspended off of it. But I don't know. I don't know. That shit is funny to me. It's, it's, it's funny. The memes was had me rolling. They still coming in the memes and the videos and shit like that. And nigga, uh, uh, mowing the, uh, the top of his roof and all kind of shit, man. Um, uh, but you got to be careful with these edibles, man. These edibles can really mess you up if you don't know how to take them or if you take too much. You know what I'm saying? You got to pace yourself. You got to be, I think people are so mentally disturbed nowadays. That they're find they're trying to find a way to deal with it in a fast way. Like this is the microwave era with anything. Food, music, movies, all kind of shit is just microwave era. Nobody wants to nobody wants to cut on the oven and wait for shit to heat up. They want that instant fire right then and there. And I think a lot of people are going to edibles and smoking and they doing so many that the, you know, edibles, I have an edible that'll kick in within 15 or 20 minutes, but the average edible takes about 45 minutes to an hour to kick in, you know? Uh, and also you need to know your fucking tolerance too. You know what I'm saying? You can't be, you can't be, you know, you just need to know your tolerance. You know, you need to go talk to somebody that knows a little bit about this shit. Even not, even, I'm not even talking about me because I go talk to people to learn to get educated. So y'all need to go do the same thing. But shout out to Dion Waiter for trying to get to that space between heaven and uh, he heaven and space, whatever that space is called. Um, now, low management. LeBron James recently came out. Earl Watson recently came out, and it's been somewhat of a hot topic, but still under the radars a little bit about low management. At first, this low management started a couple of years ago, man. Like it when it took off. Like matter of fact, I think yeah, it was it was around like the whole low management was talked about around the time where KD had made his choice to go to um to go to Golden State and shit like that. So it kind of, it, it probably got, it wasn't getting as much pub as it was because the offseason was crazy, cats going to different teams. But this load management shit is real. Why? Because a lot of players are, you know, injured. And one spotlight was, um, the one spotlight was uh, Kawhi playing in the finals injured and KD not able to finish the finals etc cetera, etc cetera. bring in the cousins back and he couldn't finish and clay got hurt and shit like that that's when the shit really started to uh, pop off so um it's become a serious topic and a lot of people have been shitting on low management my overall uh take on it is i'm a little bit more I'm 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 on I'm on the low management side. And I'm gonna say this. I understand that there's some fans out there that pay 
their hard-earned money to watch certain players play. I feel like it's the league's duty and the team and even the player to reach out ahead of time and say, yo, um, you know, this player won't be playing due to low management. And I'm going to get to why I agree with low management now. So Earl Watson came out. What sometime last week, and I had went back and forth. Well, not it wasn't a back and forth, but I was talking with my brother CL JL in the thread about why I agree and about AAU basketball. It's a lot that goes on that a lot of people just don't know. That's very unaware of. Um, but one of the things is playing these kids a lot. Uh, what a lot of people don't know, and look, when you go into when you go inside these arenas and you see all these fucking seats filled, uh, I would say at least seventy, maybe even eighty percent of the crowd has no idea how many games is played in AAU basketball on a Saturday and a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like some people are just not informed about the basketball culture like that. They see entertainment on the floor and they run with that shit. And then the culture that we build, like I often we often say that our pops is uh, Jerry Buss. Our pops, he built this entertainment for us. He built this brand for us to enjoy. And he built one hell of a brand. And the thing is, people tune in that have no knowledge of sports, never played sports, but they love the Lakers. Lakers got all kind of fucking fans, right? So they can sit up there and and they're spoiled. And the only way you can be spoiled is if that brand gave back to gave back to the fans a lot. They not only gave back through championships, but they gave back just, you know, creating shit in the city, you know, signing autographs. Like, we were, the Laker players was really, I wouldn't say accessible, but they were, you could, you could meet them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could run into Shaq. Uh, Kobe opened up, uh, Green Meadows. That's a hood park on the east side. I stood next to Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like, Shaq has a restaurant out here. Um, you know, like, Byron Scott is from out here. He's from Inglewood. You know, and especially for any of the hometowners that ever play for L.A., you could, you know, I, we played against Trevor Reese in high school. You know, so, like, a lot of you, I bumped into Smush Parker at the, at the, uh, Smush Parker, Kareem Rush, is at the mall, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to bump into these players and here and there and things like that. You build a relationship. Like the Laker brand is so crazy. But the thing is, the, these people pay for the entertainment. They don't necessarily care about the players. Not really. Not really. If you paid attention to my episodes, you can hear me say I'm more concerned about AD. Every time AD hit the floor, Bron, low management, Kawhi, low management, PG-13, low management, Russ, Harden. Like, this shit is going to happen. Well, Harden said he not. But, but I understand it, though. Because you don't understand how many games these cats played when they were younger. And that shit, you know, it way, it, it, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Earl Watson said... You know, these kids are playing 15 games in a weekend. And that's not exaggerating. You know, Bronny came out and said, you know, between his two sons, they're playing five games each. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's just in one day, though. He was like, that's crazy that these kids are pull up on a Saturday and they're playing five games on that Saturday. Now, you think about it. First of all, that's stressful anyway. You're in the gym all goddamn day if it's that type of tournament. You know, we've had shootouts where we played maybe one or two games. You know what I'm saying? Just a shootout. You don't, nobody wins the tournament. No, is there, there is no tournament. It's just a shootout. You play against a couple of teams that you probably never played for. Or, I mean, a lot of people, it's a quick money grab for whoever's throwing it. But it's also opportunity for cast to play against, you know, just to play. Then you got tournaments that start on Saturday and end on Sunday. So, you know, from from nine o'clock, I've seen games at the earliest we played. We probably played at like six or seven at one point. And that was because that was a huge tournament in Whittier. 
Not that you guys would know where that city is at unless you're from California or maybe Vegas or some shit like that. But I remember we played at a high school in Whittier and the game was like at six o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was real early. Um, I remember I had to get the the kids up at like five. But anyhow, I will say on the average, the first game is going to start at eight or nine o'clock. The last game, I've seen some games uh, as late as eight, but the latest I've, well, we've actually played at a 10, we played a 10 o'clock game, but that was the national tournament. That was in, uh, that was in July in Vegas where they got tournaments all fucking day, all goddamn night. That shit, the last game, like I said, the last game that we had on a Saturday night was at 10, was at 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. These kids damn near almost played past 11 p.m. You know, Uh, and that's not saying that they played a a lot of games. It's just that they have so many teams to where they had to schedule it out or whatever. So we probably have maybe one or two games that day. But one game was at three o'clock and the other game was at 10. Yeah, that shit crazy. Anyhow, no, but, you know, just to say. You can have a game at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you probably won't stop playing until 8 o'clock at night. That shit has happened. It has happened. So think of how much mileage. And this, and the majority of these kids is before you even get to high school. Before you even get to high school, from the ages, I want to say seven. Let's just say seven. You know, because it depends on the, it depends on the actual uh, program on how early they do start. Because they do have kids that start as young as five, six, seven. You know, they do have cats, but not a lot, a lot of programs don't have that. They don't go back. They don't start that early. So let's just say the average, we start at seven, right? Uh, you're going to cap off at 17. You know what I'm saying? And your, your child is playing basketball from the age, let's just say from the age of seven all the way to 17, before they get to college. On an average, you're going to play a weekend. This is the least amount of games that you're going to play, not counting a shootout. The least amount of games that you're going to play is five to six games a weekend. That's the least. That's You might play three games to place uh, for Sunday, and Sunday is usually the playoffs. If you win out, Nigga, you playing somewhere between six or seven games. The championship game is going to be somewhere in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, and that's going to be it. So you're going to play about six games. Bron just said his son played five games on a Saturday. So, I mean, it's a lot. And so a lot of these people complaining like, oh, well, in this era, this era, look, nigga, Michael Jordan didn't play AAU basketball like these kids are playing now. Kobe Bryant, all your greats. Well, except for Bron, because Bron came up, Bron is, Bron is in our era, but he definitely played, and I don't even think Bron has played that many games like his son. At the end of the day, let's just say Bronny makes it to the league and plays somewhere close to what his dad played. Let's just say he plays close to 15 years. I bet you by the end of his career, he will play probably, I don't know. I know he's going to end up playing more games than his dad. Because the AAU circuit is so crazy nowadays. Kids are playing for multiple teams. They're getting flown out. I'm giving you a whole nother, like, it's episodes that can be made out of this shit. This is just the low management part. This is just the part that's telling you that these kids are, like, the engine is, has started at seven. Thinking about oil changes that you need between the age of seven to 17. You know how many games that is? So I'm with it. Like, I'm, and I understand it because a lot of people say AAU messes up the game of basketball for so many other reasons. Uh, they're not teaching them proper uh, defense. Uh, they're just rolling the ball out. Um, they need to learn uh, this and they need to learn that. And that's true. There's a lot of programs that sit up there and they take money. There's a lot of programs that sit up there and take money, yet still teach. 
There's a lot of programs out there that's great at teaching and to get your son or daughter prepared for high school basketball, get your son prepared, your son and daughter prepared for college and for the pros. But that's just what it is. That's just what it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I get it. Some of these programs you can't trust. They're going to run the dog shit out of them. And when the number one thing that they'll do is they'll pitch, well, we playing these type of tournaments, we playing these type of tournaments. Like, determine the... The the program that my son played for last year, you know, a few of their teams got the, uh, a chance to play against Bronny in some of the tournaments. Some of the tournaments outside of the big tournaments, they got against they got they got to play against Bronny's team. You know, a national spotlight type team. You know, these players are going to go D one somewhere, but. It was huge. So in the, in the state of California, you're you're going to be able to go up against some cats that you're going to see playing in the NBA. You just don't know it yet, you know, unless they're unless they're focused in on like the Ball Brothers, like Bronny. When they're focused in on like that, then you just know like these cats are destined to go to the next level, whether it's overseas or in the NBA. But nine times out of ten, you don't know who's going to be going to the league. You just know California produces a lot of niggas that gonna gonna go to the league, and it starts with AAU. And nowadays, the culture has changed with basketball to where you create your highlight tapes right then and there. Your highlight tape is being made every game, every game that you play. All your highlights is being accumulated, which helps you get to certain programs because these college coaches are now watching. These uh, AAU games, and they're just watching the clips. Some of these coaches fly out. Some of these coaches watch the games. And some of these coaches just watch the five, six, seven, eight-minute clips of your highlights. And they pick and choose what they, you know, what they like and what they dislike. And they feel like if you're going to benefit to their brand and their university, then, all right, offer him a scholarship. But that's basically what it is. You need the footage, though. Now, I'm not saying that the amount of games that they play is is right. I'm just saying it's also giving you an opportunity, see, I'll play devil's advocate, to shine. But at the same time, no, that's too many goddamn games. It's too many games, way too many games. And I get it. So when you got uh, Kawhi Leonard wobbling around, when you got... Um, Braun breaking down towards the end of his career when you got AD with all these mysterious ass injuries that keep popping up when you got Paul George who has surgeries on both of his shoulders come on man these niggas been playing forever to entertain you niggas and y'all bitching because he wants to miss out of 82 games I would say 10 is good I'm pretty sure they probably miss more, but y'all mad because he missed one so far? Bro, I don't know about y'all. I'm a Lakers fan. I hate the Clippers, but I want them to have their full goddamn roster. Especially when it comes to playoff time. Now, greedy, I might sit up there and smirk and laugh and say, hi, y'all ain't got this player, which is an advantage to us. I get that. But at the same time, be a man about it. Be a woman about it. I want a full roster on deck. Just like y'all need a full roster, I need a full roster. I want to see the Lakers and the Clippers play together with a full roster. That would be dope. You're not going to get that if you keep burning these players out. And if we keep, and I don't want to keep hearing cats talking about, well, back in the 90s, back in the 80s. I don't want to hear that shit in the early 2000s. I don't want to hear that because the players that was playing back then, them niggas probably wasn't playing as many games in AAU or didn't play at all. These cats probably played middle school, high school ball, and that was it. And you had to have a goddamn uh, camcorder, somebody, uh, either the school, either the, the goddamn, who you call those cats? I used to be a part of it, too, uh, in my senior year, the goddamn yearbook. So you might have a yearbook cat in there with a the camera, or you might just have a cat in, the, in there that's part of the team. Get free access, get to go to all the games, but record the games. And that's how niggas used to get their highlights. And the coaches had to send those tapes out. Not one time, because at to 
what it's supposed to be is that the coaches have these quote unquote connects to these universities and they send these coach, they send these coaches and these, um, recruiters tapes of the players from their team. And that's how they usually, you know, would, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, I, well, <laughs> that wasn't the only thing. I mean, you sent those tapes out. Some recruiters still had to come out and watch these goddamn games. But now it's the work has been made easier because everybody's record. Everybody is recording your highlights. That ain't that the crazy shit. Everybody's there, like from from AAU to college. Everybody is recording your games. You know what I'm saying? So that made it that made it easier. Um, so yeah, I mean, with the amount of games that's being played these days, you're destined to put a goddamn mixtape together in a goddamn, you could, you could put a full bodies of work worth of, uh, highlights <laughs> in a month. In a month, you'll have a stacked ass mixtape because you play so many games. Like I said, at the very least, you play about five games a weekend. That's the least that you're gonna play, unless it's a shootout. You're gonna be, you're gonna play between one or two. And I played in a shootout before where we played three games. You know, in a shootout is basically you're not coming back on Sunday for a playoffs, and nobody wins a tournament. You just playing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, I. It is a lot of games. It's a lot of games. What can we do? Well, personally, like my son has been injured for the past couple of months. Um, I'm not even sure if it was a basketball injury. They don't know if it's a goddamn growth uh, spurt that's about to take place or if it's, I, it's something with his pinky toe and a bone or some shit like that. Anyhow, um, he's been in the cast. He's been He was in a soft cast for like, what a month then he went from a soft cast to a hard cast and he'll be in that hard cast until december or maybe even january we'll see we'll see he's in a hard cast right now but he it's like a walking boot cast type of thing and when my me and my wife had made the decision to just train him because it's a lot of shit that my son needs to learn um but at the same time it's not, it is a lot, man. It's a lot. Like, your typical uh, student athlete from, like, starting in middle school, I think middle school is the, is the roughest stage for AAU because, like, the goddamn work that they do at school, on top of, we have a lot of cats that play two sports. And nine times out of ten, they're football and basketball players that play you know, they, you know, football and they play football and they play basketball, not just football players anymore playing basketball, not just basketball players playing football. These are literally like dual athletes, dual sport athlete. Like, and sometimes, and if you can pull a hat trick off, I'm pretty sure they would do that. I don't, I don't, I rarely, I think basketball is the common denominator when it comes to two sports because, um, like baseball, for example, it starts up in spring, uh, but basketball is year round. And I think that's why it's the common denominator because football is technically year round, but they're not going to have a lot of kids playing the rain or in the snow in certain places. And what I mean by that is that at the actual contact sport, you know, the tackle football, yeah, you have the time. Like it, for us, it ends in, this, in December. The, the season starts up, the season starts up in September. Um, it's either the last, it's either the last week of August or the first week of, I think it might be the first week of, uh, first or second week of September. And it, and then you'll have the playoffs and, and the Super Bowls in December. Uh, basketball probably takes like a month off. I know the program we was with, they took August off, but even then they still had, um, summer league games to where, like maybe a week off in uh in August, we would do like you basically in August everything starts back up again, you know uh new teams, 
And like I said, they'll have summer league and they'll just put random kids on teams. Like you'll have a you'll have some seven U players playing with the twelve U's and twelve U's playing with some fourteen U's and you just mix it up, throw a coach on there and just you know, they'll battle it out for a couple of weeks. Uh probably like a month. Then after that, and they may take another week off, and then the tournaments start back up. And these tournaments go all the way. These motherfucking tournaments go all the way from October to July. And the last weekend, the last two weekends of July, is like the big foothill. Um, it's not foothill. I can't even think of the goddamn name. Uh, but it's a big tournament in July. The last two weekends. That's July. And what ha- was after July? August. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it's, it's basically year round and every program is not the same. They don't go on the same schedule. So some teams could, you know, like I said, in between that dry spell, if there is a dry spell, they could be throwing a gang of little shootout uh, uh, tournaments and games and things like that on top of training. And then you got football that starts in September that ends in December and some kids playing both. Or some some kids take that off and then come back to basketball in December. You know what I mean? So they really don't have no time off of their legs. They really don't. If you're a football player, that's full body contact. Basketball is a full body contact too, just not as much impact. So you got to be in consideration of these kids. A lot of people are saying that these kids are, some of these kids are born soft. Don't get me wrong, they are because the parents was, the parents grew up in certain areas and they try to hide and and keep their kids basically have their kids live a better life than they did we grew up in a situation where our parents couldn't move to certain areas for us therefore um we was kept in sports as well but we also had a passion for sports and go out there and do it it seemed like these kids don't have as much passion for sports but they play it they play it (laughs) they play it a lot too um but they're playing a lot of sports man you got to take that into consideration. A lot of these people just care about the athlete and they don't care about the person. And that's fucked up. So, yeah, I know I have, I have my rants on how I feel about, you know, the league being watered down and it's soft, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I might have to change, I might have to change my view on it. But, you no, know, I do see a lot of softness in the league, though. Don't get me wrong. But as far as Cats wanting to take a, a, a day off or two or something like that, I'm not mad at that no more. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Especially if you're going for the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. And and you know what the sad part? I I can't even think like that. Because for me to sit up there and say, well, if you're a a playoff contender team or a championship contender team, then you should uh, basically exercise all all matters like you need to sit out you need to rest etc etc that i shouldn't do that because people that's not in a playoff contention or not a playoff contender type team or a championship contender type team they still got to take care of their body too you know what i'm saying they and and the cool part about it is a lot of these organizations are going to start doing it because they have to protect their investment they have to you don't want to sit up there and pass out a hundred plus meal um to a player and he's not able to play like John Wall is in that like Adidas is about to drop John Wall because he's not playing he's not on the court displaying his talent that's representing the Adidas brand because he's injured so you know with that being said man we need to look into the lower management we need to understand it I don't think this will be a normal thing until somebody big time get hurt on a consistent Basis, You know what I'm saying? Like I said, for them to have a hobbled Kawhi Leonard in the finals, Clay went down, KD went down again when he wasn't supposed to come back. Yo, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking star power gone. A lot of star. And you take Kawhi off of Toronto, there's nobody to watch. There's nobody to care about. So Kawhi basically willed his way through that finals. KD... And Clay willed their way through that finals as much as they could. Boom. Now they're, they're both out for a year. They both is not coming back until the following year. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. And people don't really think about that. You know what I'm saying? Jumping up and down at Zion William. Zion. You know, and that's, uh, of course, a lot, a, a lot of things play into that, but 
He's been hurt in high school. He's been hurt in college. And now he's hurting the pros. Uh, again, I know he has to lose some weight. We all get that. We all know that. That's noticeable. But at the same time, he's played a lot of games. So he's one player that can't play a lot of games because of how big he is and how athletic he is. Zion Williamson is not the only cat out here like that. There's a gang. We live in a world where there's a gang of those type of cats. The only thing that separates him from everybody else is that he's in the spotlight now. And he has something that they don't have. He has some type. He has something to his game that a lot of people else don't have. But at the same, it's a lot of Zion Williamson's out there. A lot. And it's not going to work out for them either. So we need to stop bashing all these players for low management because your ass not going to get up there and do it. And we all we over here at 35, 36, 40, 45 years old talking about, you know, what we would do and what we could do. Uh, niggas is going to bed at nine o'clock. I just finished playing kickball. I'm tired. So I get it. They have the best trainers. They have the best doctors, quote unquote, because sometimes they don't make the best decision. Uh, we all know that's greed, though. Um, we need to let them care for their body. And that's. That's basically what I got to say about that. Let them care for their body. So if Kawhi, if Kawhi needs to low management, if PG-13 needs to low management, um, any other superstar, Bron, AD, you know what I'm saying, anybody, I don't care who it is, if they feel like they got to put their body on rest for a cool minute during the season, so be it. Because the worst thing that you can see as a fan of your team destined to win it all or destined to be a threat in the playoffs or even if your team is just a shit show, why would you want your star player who you still come out and see with some type of hope or just want to be entertained by a player that you really like? You don't want to see the nigga sitting at the end of the bench with a suit on, drinking wine. You didn't come to see that. And of course, I know you didn't come to see a roster with him not on and not playing, but at the same time, you can catch another game with him there. Not just... You know, I, I'd rather I'd rather him or her sit out a game or two <coughs> than to them sit out the whole year. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Again, we'll go. We'll get to the we'll get to the Laker rant and the Laker fans rant uh, on another episode. I don't know when. I, maybe if I get in my mood and I drink some uh, some red wine, I might gun some niggas down. Not even to gun, gun niggas down, but just to address that the culture has changed and I don't like it as far as how we're so quick to... We'll get to it, though. Other than that, respect the load management. Shout out to my Raiders. Uh, shout out to Toronto for... Running up and got uh, running up and down the goddamn court on us, uh, but shout out to my Lakers though because we have turned it around. We still got a record. We got to take advantage of this week's schedule we that <laughs> that we got coming up. But um, at the same time, uh, take it easy. This has been Open Run, Rare Signage Network, and I'm out. Trick. <laughs>